0: Relax, you're quite safe here. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to
1: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at CNJRadio.com or you're subscribed, commenting, and leaving a review on iTunes, never missing one single episode, and checking out the archives. Thank you very much, everybody, especially who does that. All right, we're down to part 18 four more shows to go including this one part 18 day 18 and we're still on the kiss song titles remain the same and we're still on the album revenge for song title inspirations here we're going to kick off the show here today with a song from an album that i've actually already featured on this series of shows i've done this twice now can you name the other one Send me an email let me know that you're paying attention joey at dot This album, Swag, by Gilby Clark from 2002, also shares yet another KISS song title. And I'm playing this one especially because what an amazing tie-in. On drums, on this track, is also the guy that played the drums on KISS's Heart of Chrome. Yes, Eric Singer. So here you go. This is Gilby Clark, along with a guest spot by Eric Singer on the drums here, kicking off the show with Heart of Chrome. off the show here today with a bunch of great kiss tie-ins that was gilby clark with heart of chrome off of that swag record from 2002 hope you enjoyed that fun stuff all right and uh, sticking with the fun stuff at least in my opinion uh you know uh, i've outed myself here as uh, over these series of specials uh, as a big beach boys fan and a bg's fan and uh I'm also a massive fan of this act coming up here. And uh, as luck would have it, they uh, were inducted this year to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with Kiss. Long overdue as well. One of the uh, Easily one of the most successful duos of all time, if not of all time, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Love these guys. And uh, this comes off of an album that, it's their second record and the first album where they really had a big hit. Uh, But this is the closing track off it, so it's a really deep cut. This is Hollow Notes with Every Time I Look at You. All right, there there, go. That was Hollow Notes with "Every Time I Look at You." Their closing song from their album "Abandoned Luncheonette." Even when I was a kid, I was fascinated by that album cover. Like thinking, does that really happen? Like, do do these things just get left out in the middle of nowhere and trees grow around it? And I, I did a little research on it, uh, which means I went to Wikipedia and I found out that. It's a real abandoned luncheonette and it was actually moved into the woods from its original location. Just just they left it there and uh it's no longer there. They said it was off of Route 724 in Kenilworth, Pennsylvania. Uh but they said they burnt it to the ground in 1983. Uh, the the local fire company did so they could clear the land for something else. Yeah. Anyway, I just uh, that album cover just sticks with me for some reason. But uh, that's a great record. That, that had their first couple of hits on there. She's Gone and Las Vegas Turnaround. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, I love me some hollow notes. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up in this era because, you know, when I was just getting born, I was born in 1979, so I really didn't get to experience, uh, you know, the first couple of decades of rock radio. And uh, what a special time it must have been, because especially when you hear an act like Hall Notes, Oates, who, who did get played on the quote-unquote black stations, uh, and you would never know otherwise. They just had those chops, and they were awesome, and they grew up in that, so uh, they were very colorblind to music. And uh, you know, I just can only imagine how cool and how fun that must have been finding out at some point, you know, people like Hollow Notes and Tom Jones weren't black, you know, so it's just crazy, A Casey and the Sunshine Band got played on those stations, apparently, too, so, you know, the the pre-video era is something I'm totally fascinated by, and, you know, like I said, big fan of uh, non-separatism, and uh, that goes a long way, just, I think, uh, Paul says it a lot, Uh, people do tend to hear with their eyes and not their ears, and that's definitely a case of that, so... All right, all the way from that uh, soapboxy uh, diatribe, after the ballad, Every Time I Look at You, which, uh, actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way again. <laughs> uh, Bruce Kulick did not play the lead guitar on the Every Time I Look at You track. I'm obviously very capable of playing it, uh, but you know, we now know uh, through the years that Dick Wagner uh, did play lead guitar on there. He was on an episode of mine called Dick Wagner Strikes 10, so definitely go back and check that out if you haven't already. Sticking with the Revenge Record for a couple of more songs here. I've said things like this during the course of these specials, but uh, this particular song title, there's definitely enough for a show on its own. I mean, uh, it's a massive list of songs called Paralyzed, Uh, but I decided, you know, we're getting down in the nitty gritty here, especially getting into these later episodes. I cut a lot of good stuff off of these shows, so uh, there's definitely enough to do another one of these down the road, so we'll, we'll see if i get a good response from it but like i said i'm gonna just pick one song called paralyzed and another reason why i do a show like this is so you can hear a band that maybe you haven't heard yet or maybe you heard just a little bit at one point but you didn't buy the record uh, this band rooney one of the great bands of the last decade or so they write amazingly catchy songs and uh, you can tell they definitely mean it just a great rock band but uh, this comes off of their second proper studio album called calling the world uh probably my favorite record of theirs it's it's a great record i know uh, myself and nola share a massive love of this album so you got to get it and here's a great example of it off of calling the world this is rooney with paralyzed go hope you enjoyed that from 2007's calling the world that was rooney uh they put out their first record four years before that and it's not like they weren't working uh they apparently turned an album into the label they weren't happy with it Uh, apparently they turned in three different albums before they got to this one they recorded over 50 songs during all of those sessions and uh you know, regardless of the journey that it took for them to put this album out, I think it's worth it. There's, I, I don't really hear any filler on this. It's one of the great undiscovered albums of American music. So you should have it. Uh, I think this album, I don't even know if it broke 50,000 in the States, which is just truly sad, especially for a band that was on a major label. Stupid. <laughs> this is, this is one of those examples I can just point to the music industry and say, you're freaking stupid. All right another band i'm sure that's not a massive fan of the music industry or major labels going to play is something uh, from a band i remember from the early 90s called warrior soul uh, and uh the second to last song on the revenge album is a song called i just wanna and uh you know in that song you know they they kind of they tease you know saying uh the word fuck on the song uh but uh, Warrior Soul has no problem with that. (laughs) You will hear it for all of eight minutes here. This is Warrior Soul with I Just Wanna. Alright there you go that was Warrior Soul with I Just Wanna and uh, you can get that on uh, I got that on iTunes actually because uh, from the release the Space Age Playboys which they put out in 1995 and apparently uh, there's a they put like three bonus tracks at the end of the iTunes version so I definitely recommend checking it out because the other two bonus tracks which I Just Wanna is actually one of them so it wasn't on the proper record. Uh, but there's also a cover of Bowie's Moon Age Daydream, one of my favorite songs ever, and Elvis Costello's Pump It Up, so go check out that record. Warrior Soul, cool band, Uh, definitely one of those bands that came around in the early 90s where I was like, music is getting pretty interesting, it's uh, not as stale as it used to be, and and, you know, that kind of stuff, so good band, good band. All right, we're done with the Revenge record, I know, a lot of sad people out there, but uh, Moving on to the Carnival of Souls album, uh, much like The Elder, and I think I mentioned this already, but uh, the two Kiss albums of the Kiss catalog that really draws a line in the sand. You're not going to find a lot of middle ground fans for this album. It's either love it or hate it. And, you know, the the word of the day at the time was grunge, and uh, supposedly Gene was all over it. He really got enthralled with the grunge and alternative scene of music if you have to put labels on music and uh you know i think it was even toby wright who worked on the sessions here as a producer and engineer uh was saying that uh gene simmons kept saying he wanted to be billy corgan so bad and he was like well you know there's already a billy corgan why don't you be gene simmons uh but there's a lot of that kind of real uh more dark themes you know like the kind of stuff that those bands are writing and, obviously the critics of this album, uh, probably have a point, you know, these guys they are rich rock stars and they're writing about how the world is terrible, you know, not that a lot of other bands don't do that, uh, but it was just kind of weird coming from Kiss, so I understand the criticisms of the album. That being said, I do like the record, I mean, you still got the Revenge lineup here with Bruce and Eric Singer, and, uh, I think it sounds cool, I mean, you know, I, I don't think the drums... Yeah, you know, It almost sounds like they used some of the demos on this. I don't think the drums sound as good on here. Uh, I think they should be a little fatter in the mix. But th- that's just me. That's my opinion. Uh, but the first song on the Carnival of Souls album uh, is a song called Hate. And uh, it's a Gene song. And, uh, you know, I, I think it kicks off that album very well. And I found another really cool match to the song Hate and i've played her on this series already as well but you can never have too much in my opinion so here you go kicking off the carnival of souls song title inspirations this is lita ford with hate
0: himself hit away never let anybody close
1: there you go from her comeback record from two years ago. That was Lita Ford with hate that album, living like a runaway. has got some good stuff on there. So if you haven't checked it out by now, uh, definitely do so. And uh, you know, for those of you who also may not know uh, Gary Hoey, uh, solo guitar player extraordinaire. Uh, he has a massive hand on that record. He plays all the bass, he shares guitar duties and he writes a lot of the songs on there. So if you're a Gary Hoey fan, you definitely need to get this record. All right, and as luck would have it, it is raining outside, and and I I hate the rain, but uh you know it it's, it's gonna give a nice little mood for me here for the next couple of songs because the second song on the Carnival of Souls record is called Rain, and I'm gonna play you two completely different types of bands, both with the same song title here, and uh, another reason once again why I do this show. Uh, this is this is a cool band, and I don't really know the status of them. I'm actually going to read up on them while I'm playing this song, but I remember seeing this band live back in 96 on the Lollapalooza tour, and I thought they, they were great. I thought they had a great stage show. Their songs were cool. Uh, I got to meet them afterwards. You know, the ultimate concert experience. That's That's the the triple threat right there and uh, I bought their first couple of albums and I don't really know what happened to them so I'm going to give you an update here after this song Uh, but this is a really really good song Uh, one of my favorites from this particular era but this is Psychotica with Rain
2: And you're nothing to gain And if the
0: world is so solved...
1: There you go. That was Psychotica with Rain off of their self titled record that came out in 1996. And uh, yeah, uh, not much to update. Apparently, they did get back together a couple of years ago and they put out a couple of VPs since then. So I'll definitely be checking that out. It uh, looks like it's the, still the same lineup, too, which is pretty cool. Uh, Patrick Briggs, who was the uh, founder and lead singer of the band and like I said, they are really nice people, so I'll go check it out. They actually re-recorded that song, Rain, on their follow-up album called Espina in 1998, and I remember hearing that and being really surprised, because they had changed the song title to Too Late, and, uh, you know, I, I thought that was kind of disjointed. They re-recorded a couple of songs for their second album, and then they re-released that album later on and added more songs, so maybe that's kind of where I fell off, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go check out the EPs and see what they sound like now. I wonder, uh, wonder what direction they're in at this point. But I always like their mix of styles and you know just their approach to everything. All right, and uh, definitely a more famous song here called Rain for sure. A uh, band I don't play very often on the show because really at the end of the day, what's the point for the most part? Everybody knows this band. Everybody loves this band for the most part. Uh, but when I can go deep, and i think it's valid i will definitely play them on the show so making i think their second appearance ever on rock strikes 10 this is the beatles <laughs> there you go that was the beatles with rain from 1966 that was the b-side to paperback rider which i know the industry was different and had different business models at the time but i'm also just kind of like how that song didn't make it uh, onto revolver or rubber soul i think it would have been revolver at that point Uh, i just don't know because uh, i would have easily cut off something like dr robert and put on rain because rain is just a great song all right, and my opinions aside, we're moving on here once again to something completely different. Uh, going from 1966 pretty much up to about '96. Uh, a band I've seen this band live a couple of times, they're always fun band to go check out live. And uh, you know, I, I kind of got sucked in a little bit there to the uh, the big band revival here and there, just a couple of acts, but uh, it's funny because once that swing revival was happening in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, uh, they, they would put them on bills with other punk bands, and not just ska bands, but that that happened also, but like punk bands, so... It was it was always a fun, interesting night on the town. You got you know guys. That, it was a lot of cliches, but also just funny to see them in the same building. You know, you got your your Mohawks and piercings and uh, torn up denim jackets, and then you got guys you know in fedoras and and suspenders and stuff. So uh, made for an interesting pit, that's for sure. Usually the fedora guys were at the bar picking up chicks, you know, so... But uh, yeah, fun time out there in the club scene in Dallas in the uh, late 90s whenever I would get to make it out there, but uh, all that being said, gonna play something here by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, and and not the song Zoot Suit Riot that you heard a billion freaking times when it was out, but this is off of the same record, and it shares a song title with something off of the Carnival of Souls record. Who would have thought... Uh, I would have thought that there would be something more industrial-ish or uh, new waveish or goth to play. But no, we're going to play some swing revival. This is Master and Slave. All right there you go that was the cherry and daddies with master and slave now most people if they have that song they have it on the zoot suit riot album from 1997 see i was a year off when i mentioned that earlier but not 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 too bad for my memory uh another thing you may not know a couple of fun facts that song actually originally appeared all the way back on their very first album called ferociously stoned and uh, once again zoot suit riot the album is is a best of it's, it's not even a proper studio album, so uh, I don't think a lot of people that bought that even realize that it's all old songs there, so fun stuff, uh, and I, I always thought it was funny that the lead vocalist, he, he went by the name MC Large Drink, but in reality, his real name is Steve Perry, Steve Perry. And uh, if you know the Steve Perry joke from Basketball, it's it's also extra funny that they appeared on the Basketball soundtrack as well. Alright, can I get a little more geeky on this show? Uh, my God. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only breaking down the whole KISS catalog. I think people realize how much of a nerd I am, but the last two songs here on this show are both going to be called Childhood's End and we're sticking... To the other side of the pond for these two both british artists uh from slightly different eras slightly uh but the first of two uh, a band that i'm i'm not a massive fan of i have no issue with them and they just don't really hit me all that well i know a lot of fellow kiss fans are are huge fans of, of this band uh i can mention mark striegel like i mentioned gary Schaller. you know i i totally get it, it they they are a good band i'm just I, there's a. i'm just not fanatical about them but some of the songs i do like I, I really blame it on classic rock radio and also me working in a record store the fan base really turned me off and you know there's things like that you kind of you kind of are shallow about certain bands here and there i know i am but uh cutting right to the chase gonna play something by pink floyd here this is off of their album obscured by clouds and this is childhood's end
2: You find your eyes you're growing moist No the fears never voiced Say so I have to make the final choice
1: Uh, I want to definitely send a special thank you out to Randy Brown of the Synaptic Podcast, which you definitely should be listening to. I uh, Thanks for mentioning that one when I was putting together these shows. There you go. That was Pink Floyd with Childhood's End. I hope you enjoyed that. And we're moving on, sticking with Britain. And a little bit later, uh, post Pink Floyd era uh, is a band that uh, this scene definitely came out of a backlash to bands like Pink Floyd and Yes!, uh, Iron Maiden, and, uh, of course, love me some Maiden, so I never have any problem playing them here on Rock Strikes 10. This is off an album I've definitely had to defend here and there. I think it's a solid album of theirs called Fear of the Dark, and, uh, 1992, uh, the last album that Bruce Dickinson did before he left the band initially, of course, you know, as we all know, there's a happy ending to that story. He came back to the band seven years later, Uh, And everything was well in the world again, especially in the world of Maiden. Uh, But like I said, Fear of the Dark, cool record. Uh, I I really like uh, Afraid to Shoot Strangers and Wasting Love and the title track and and Be Quicker Be Dead. It's just a good record. So here's another good song off of that album. And we're going to close off the show here today with Maiden and Childhood's End. closing off part 18, day 18, here with Iron Maiden and Childhood's End. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, that's going to do it for this particular part. Before tomorrow, please go to cnjradio.com, home of this show, Rock Strikes 10. You'll see the links to the Facebook, the Twitter, the email, joey at cnjradio.com. I don't say this on every episode, but I should. But uh, please send me emails or leave a comment on the Facebook on these particular posts. Let me know what you liked and what you didn't like. Uh, You know, I'm sure in the midst of some of these specials, you may not like all this stuff, and I I totally understand it, and I can appreciate it, but, uh, you know, I'm just curious. That's just me. Uh, But go check it out. And also on cnjradio.com, home of the flagship show, the wrestling house show, home of the Synaptic, like I mentioned, with Randy Brown, a true alternative, and our latest podcast, Last Theater on the Left, where myself and my CNJ radio partner Chris talk about movies and have fun doing it, schedules permitting. I love you, Chris. I just uh, you know I, I just like doing the shows with you. I, we're we're all busy and it, it really stinks. Uh, if only we could all make a living podcasting. I, I, I wish that on all my brothers and sisters. All right, join me tomorrow on part nineteen where we will finish up the Carnival of Souls record exclusively. It's all Carnival of Souls on the next part. So until tomorrow, have fun.